Good morning, and welcome to worship at Grace United Church. For those of you who I haven't met yet, my name is Sarah Brewer, and I'm delighted to be here with you for a few months while Reverend McCall is away briefly to serve the wider church. For those of you who are here in person today, welcome. I want to thank you as well for your careful attention to our COVID precautions since we've reopened. I know that we all wish things were different and you, you, your cooperation continually is so appreciated. In case any of you are back in person for the first time today, please know that our current precautions during the service include maintaining social distance and keeping our masks on. We also ask that you speak any responses in the liturgy quietly and that you refrain from singing along with Beth during the hymns, hard as that is to do. For those of you joining us online or through TV this morning, welcome. If you're new to Grace and would like to know more about the activities of our church throughout the week, you can phone or email the church office to be added to our email distribution list, or you can connect with us on Facebook as well. One of the activities coming up that you might not be aware of is that Grace United Church is offering take-home Sunday school program this year. If you have a child or a grandchild who might be interested in this program, all you need to do is phone the church office or email Heather to be added to the list. This morning in worship, we continue our season of creation services with a focus on mountains. Next Sunday's service will focus on animals, and that will include a pet blessing video. Because of the pandemic, I'll be offering the blessings ahead of time and filming them for inclusion in the service. If you are someone with a pet that you would like to have blessed, you can speak to me after the service or email me, as I still have some times available on Wednesday and Friday this week. For now, though, let us settle into this time of worship. A number of years ago, when I was still living in Manitoba, the United Churches in Winnipeg were involved in a campaign called Shoal Lake 40. The campaign addressed the issue that Shoal Lake First Nation was surrounded by the body of water from which the city of Winnipeg draws its water, while the people of Shoal Lake First Nation had been living under a boil water advisory for 24 years, advocating for a change to that dynamic. Fortunately, as you might have heard in the news this week, that has finally changed with the opening of Shoal Lake's new water treatment plant. And we celebrate that good news with Shoal Lake. Yet we also know that there are still 32 First Nations in Canada that do not yet have access to safe water, despite the fact that we are among the most water-rich countries in the world. According to Amanda Classing, a water researcher at Human Rights Watch, if you are anywhere else in Canada and you turn on the tap, then you are protected by safe drinking water regulations. But if you live on a reserve, no such regulations exist. This week, I learned 
that one of the remaining advisories is not far from here, at Nawash, unseated, Furnace Nation, just north of here, where a boil water advisory has been in effect since January of 2019. Although an update to the water treatment system at Nawash, unseated First Nation was approved to be completed this summer, ballooning construction costs have resulted in a delay as additional funds had to be sought for this project. And unfortunately, the need to seek such funding rather than to have Canadians jump in to help as we would for other communities facing water crises goes back to colonial laws that disempower Indigenous people from managing their own affairs while empowering the government to do so. So as we begin our service today and we remember that we gather on the traditional territories of the Ojibwe, the Anishinaabek, the Haudenosaunee and the Métis people, we remember also that oppression and colonization are not just acts of the past, but realities that continue in our time. Knowing this, we recommit ourselves to being people who will learn and work to change our ways for the sake of our grandchildren and their grandchildren. May it be so. Shine brightly in our lives and all around us. Please join me in our call to worship. We invite the mountains to worship with us. Mighty boulders and deep forests, sliding glaciers and swirling snow. We invite the wild to join us in wonder. Hoodoos and waterfalls, grizzly bears and cougars. We join with the mountain creatures in praising God. Gliding eagles and mountain goats, bighorn sheep and elk. We call the depths of the mountain to celebrate. Precious gems and sparkling stones, volcanic lava and rich red ore. We enter the mountain of God today and we worship in God's presence, a sacred place on our planet. We celebrate the song of the mountain. Sing, mountain, sing. And let us pray. God, our creator, as we descend from the mountains, we celebrate the wonders of the wild that surround us. Help us to see in the surrounding landscape the places where the planets have been polluted and to empathize with the groaning of creation beneath us. Teach us to recognize that the hills are alive with your spirit and to rejoice with all our kin, especially the creatures of the wild. In the name of Christ, who reconciles and renews all things in creation, we pray, be with us today. Amen. After I graduated from Emmanuel College, I, wa I walked from Emmanuel College 
uh, up to Barrie where we had our ordination uh, ceremonies. It was 225 kilometers. It took me two weeks and it was an amazing uh, journey of self-reflection and self-discovery. My name is Reverend Jason Myers. I'm the Minister for Congregational Care here at Metropolitan United Church. I'm a dad, I'm a husband, and I'm a pilgrim. I could no longer set off my call to ministry after our first son Isaiah was born. And in the preparation for his baptism, our minister had me write a letter to him that he would open later in his life. And in that letter, I was saying things like, Isaiah, I want you to follow what God has intended for you. And I realized that I wasn't doing that for myself. The next day, I walked to Emmanuel College to see what this whole ministry thing was about. Something that surprised me now that I've been in the ministry for about a year and a half is I've been surprised at my own capacity to love. I thought that when my kids were, were born, that was, that was kind of the size that my heart would be, but I've come to love this place and these people and the vocation of ministry and it has been expansive and beautiful and I'm so thankful that the person of Jesus reached into my life and invited me on this journey with him. What I would say to the donors of the Mission and Service Fund is that it's worth it. The church is alive and beautiful and vibrant and it's worth investing in. And so I would just thank them for their support. Today's reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 65, verses 17 to 25. New heavens and a new earth. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his years. The one who dies at a hundred will be thought a mere child the one who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them, or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. 
while they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox, and dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Let us pray. Loving and beloved God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I graduated from seminary and was commissioned to ministry in the days when new ministers were settled into their first pastoral charge. When people hear that I was settled to serve the United Church in Banff, to this day they ask, how did you manage that? Knowing nothing of the place before I went, it meant nothing to me before I got there. But it was not lost on me that people kept saying, you're so lucky. Then, as I drove out of Calgary and into the foothills for the first time, I began to understand. Mountains are majestic. Unfortunately, the moving truck did not arrive in Banff at the same time I did. It was delayed by a month. So I started my ministry there with only the essentials that I'd brought in my suitcase on the plane. When I was invited on a hike in my first week of work there, I declined because I only had shoe, my, the only shoes I had with me were a pair of hiking sandals. To that person inviting me, that person who invited me looked at me, looked at my sandals and said, that'll be okay. It's a nice, easy hike. So I relented. The trail started with about a kilometer on a lovely forest trail. Then we reached a clearing and suddenly before me there was a mountain. The hiking project website describes the trail like this. The trail is a slight descent for a half mile. When you come to a fork on the trail, stay left. Then go up, up, up. You'll quickly pack on some serious vertical on this trail. As you progress, you'll soon be met with beautiful views over the surrounding land. You'll see the highway for a bit, but the tiny cars below will be a testament to the elevation you've gained. Don't worry, the hike will taper off towards the top, yielding to the most beautiful views over Banff that few people are willing to earn. There is a definite reason this is often touted as the most strenuous hike in the park. So much for a nice, easy hike. Needless to say, I didn't make it to the top to enjoy the beautiful views that few people earn on the Quarry Pass Trail. The journey had been long for the Hebrew people. 
forcibly removed from their homeland in Jerusalem, driven to live in exile in Babylon for nearly 70 years, the people of Judah had at long last been able to return home, and they did so with great hope. Yet in the years following their return, God's beloved people found that all was not well. They were bone-weary, exhausted from their exile. An exile whose losses and fears continued to permeate their every breath. An exile that literally overturned their very ground of their being, family, land, temple, culture, life itself. In the release from exile, in the return to Jerusalem, to the very place from which they had yearned for generations, the exhaustion and the confusion of God's beloved people somehow does not dissipate, but rather deepens. Why is this so? Why is it that rather than freedom, they find oppression? Rather than joy, they find brokenheartedness. Rather than peace, they find injustice. Rather than flourishing, they find their lives stunted in every way. Body, mind, spirit, family, community. Why is their fear so deep they feel it in the very marrow of their bones day and night? Was this not the holy land of God? Was not this the place, Jerusalem, filled with the presence of God? And if so, why do God's beloved people continue to experience chaos and fear so deep that even to imagine or hope for something else seemed beyond even the most desperate of grasping hands and hearts. Shouldn't they be flourishing, building and planting, inhabiting and celebrating, living? Isn't God here in their midst and shouldn't that change everything? Fortunately, into their confusion and uncertainty, God sent the prophet Isaiah, who had not lost faith. He continued to hear God's message and continued to bring it to God's people. Isaiah pointed out that people were assuming God's will for them was suffering and devastation, when in fact God's will is goodness. Not just for them, but for all of creation. God's dream is for a world where everyone will have a house to live in, food to eat, and can live peaceably together on God's holy mountain. I expect some of you can relate. You might not literally be climbing a mountain like I did in my settlement charge, or recovering from political exile like the Hebrew people in the book of Isaiah. But we are all living through a global pandemic. In addition to COVID, we have struggles with family relationships, with employment, with health, with discrimination, 
with tensions in our communities, with grief, to name just a few. Conversations with people going through such times in their life often remind me of Neil Sedaka's song, One More Mountain to Climb, which offers this prayer. Hey God, won't trouble never end? Tell me, are you still my friend? I got such a heavy load. When will I reach that glory road? One more mountain to climb, one more river to cross. I've come such a long, long way, God, and I got a long way to go. Weary all of the time, I've been tumbled and tossed. There's always one more mountain to climb and one more river to cross. Hey, God, I'm nothing but a man. I try to do the best I can. Sometimes the road is hard to see. Please, God, won't you walk along with me? What I love about this song is that, like the prophet Isaiah, it reminds us that God's will for our lives is not the challenges that result from the way humans treat others and each other, treat ourselves and each other. God's will for our lives, all of our lives, is goodness. May it be so. Let us pray. Creator God, we continue to celebrate the wonders of this world that you make. Today in particular, we give thanks for the mountains which cover almost one quarter of this planet's land surface, providing habitats, habitats for plants, animals, and humans, as well as supplying resources such as fresh water, food, and renewable energy. Although we think of mountains as strong and steadfast, O oh God, we lament that like the rest of creation, they are under threat from climate change, land degradation, overexploitation, and natural disasters. And so we pray for your blessing and protection on all the mountain ranges of this planet, along with the creatures and planets, plants who call them home. Loving and beloved God, we pray also for ourselves in humanity. We remember all who are facing metaphorical mountains in our lives at this moment, praying especially for all who are sick. As we continue to struggle with the COVID pandemic, we pray for those who are struggling as a result of it, remembering the exhausted and overwhelmed healthcare systems all who struggle with addictions or mental health challenges, as well as individuals and businesses whose financial well-being has been impeded by this global health crisis. Be with all of us in this challenging time, reminding us that we are not alone and that you are with us. Holy One who envisions a day when those who build houses might live in them, and those who plant grapes might eat them. We pray today for those in our world whose lives are undervalued. We ask your blessing for those in our community who are hungry or homeless, upon those around the world who work in sweatshop conditions, 
and those experiencing injustices within our country's migrant worker system. With those whose ancestors tended this land for thousands of years before being relegated to reserves without safe water. May the stories of Jesus inspire us to continue working for a world where the lion will lie down with the lamb. We ask all this as people of faith, striving to follow the example of Jesus, who invited his friends to pray together, as we say, our creator, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Christ calls you to be his disciples, to come down the mountain and serve him by caring for creation, especially the mountains where we celebrate God's presence with our kin. Will you care for creation? We will care for creation. We will rejoice in the mountains. We will celebrate God's presence. May the spirit of God blowing from the mountains fill you with the knowledge of God's presence in earth and the pulsing of Christ within you. Go in peace, serving Christ and loving the earth. Amen.